All right, you see it, you feel it, you hear it, you taste it. It's coming. A lot of studio 2022. And it's coming, and I'm so happy. All of you all that have supported one weekend. It's a tall, tall, tall ass. So we're about $24,000 away, but I know we're gonna get there with your support your love and us pushing forward we're gonna make sure that june 16th is going to be a celebration of podcasts performance culture gardening so much more right here in the legacy detroit community we're doing it in the community support detroit is different <laughs> that's funny all right so let's get hold on let's like all right, back in full effect, Detroit is different podcast studios with somebody that is one of my closest homies when it comes to a lot of this stuff in business and events and planning and just whatever we catch up. Like even this, we've been talking for about an hour before we actually started rolling. My homie, tight, tight, tight. He's been here before, but it's definitely time to come back as he has something big coming up, connecting many DJs, a lot of the house music, a lot of the Afro beat, a lot of what you want to feel, the real funk, the real soul, the neo soul, the eclectic, the creativity. Drake Pfeiffer, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great, Kari. It's great to be here, man. You know, always a pleasure, mm -hmm. man. And I love the way you've grown. Detroit is different. The studio is fly as hell. Thank you. Man, you're just doing it, man. So it's great to be here. All right, thank you. So we, we've done this before. So now upon a second interview, we get to like jump right into the business. So that's like how usual interviews are done. <laughs> so you have a day party coming up. I remember I first got familiar with the concept of uh, Darty, as yeah. I was told, like maybe about seven, ten years ago. Yeah. When um, it was in Houston. And they was like, yeah, we're going to a Darty. I'm like, a Darty? What the... I'm like, what in the, what in the, uh, like, right. you know, you in, you in yeah. Texas, I'm thinking like, it's going to be something like, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't know what it was. It's like, oh, a day party. Yeah. So it's a whole day party culture. And a lot of these other strong, like, like cities where a bunch of black folks are DC, yeah. Yeah. heavy day party yeah. culture, yeah. uh, Houston, Dallas, yeah. Atlanta, uh, Oakland, uh la definitely like to the point where like in la i want to say like the day party is stronger than the night party absolutely absolutely what is going on with day party culture just catching on especially entering into the detroit market you know i mean i don't know it's, it's been around for a while you know i can't say that detroit is that late to the party there have mm -hmm. been day parties here over the past decade but you're right yeah. it's bigger it's something that's taken hold in a lot of other cities a lot more than uh it has here but one of the things that i like about the day party you know i grew up in the 70s i grew up mm -hmm. on studio 54 culture disco era you know the warehouse uh you know hanging out late uh here in in detroit uh it was always a thing to hang out late into the wee hours of the morning three four in the morning and and basically sometimes come out come leave the club at the crack of dawn and that's something man at my age i don't want to do that anymore so for me <laughs> for me the day party is is uh, something that is actually a, it, it's, it's, quite con it's quite convenient for me i like it it's a like, functional uh, purpose functional man i want to be able to go to bed and wake up the next day and feel good you know i don't feel mm -hmm. hung over i don't drink as much anymore that's mm -hmm. another thing but i just don't want to be tired the next day so for me it is a function of convenience for me to be able to have a day party i think a lot of people agree with me they don't want to be 
up all night. You know, you got kids, you got work, you got everything. You know what I mean? Your, your uh, circadian rhythm is all thrown off. It takes you a whole day to get readjusted. So a day party is just cool. And the whole reason we even said, you know, one of my buddies uh, in Chicago, who's actually Dwayne Powell, okay. is the uh, headlining DJ of this posted about three or four months ago, day party is king. Because somebody in Chicago was saying how they had so much fun at this day party. And I was like, that's the name. Mm -hmm. Day party is king for all the reasons that I just mentioned. <laughs> okay. And, and, and you speak about it and like it's a different feel because the other anchor with especially like in D.C. and Atlanta, brunch culture connects to day party culture. Correct. And brunch culture, like when I was a kid, I remember we go to brunch like with my grandma so, like, my whole orientation with brunch, you know, as a, you know, being younger was, like, you know, Going to mama's it'd be country some pancakes. Kitchen. Yes. You already knew where I was at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Old country buffet. Like, pancakes and syrup and, 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 you know, turkey bacon. And, like, you sitting around, pastor going to give a prayer. Yeah. It's a whole different, like, it's, it's like, wait a minute. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's like, yeah, you, you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> wait, wait a minute. You know, we were talking earlier prior to this interview just how everything in life has just accelerated from where mm -hmm. they were when we were younger, especially from when I was younger, which I'm a few years older than you, mm -hmm. more than a few. But I think brunch culture actually follows along that same line. You know, mm -hmm. you can't just have a regular brunch anymore. It has to be. You have yeah. to have bells and whistles. You yeah. have to have the margarita bar. I mean, you have to have yeah, the, with a, the with a with uh, a with a bartender that does specialty cocktails that's with right, these that's special right. that's with right. the special fruit that's only grown in this region of Hawaii. And you'd be like, "What the?" It's like, okay, so basically, what you're saying is, I'm going to buy this drink at one o'clock in the afternoon, and it's going to cost me thirty dollars. Basically, <laughs> all the research, all of the far-reaching deliveries that we have had come in for this product have mm -hmm. made it so that you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to have this brunch now. Brunch yeah. was a five-dollar deal back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, no, it's not that anymore. It was like pasta's uh, pancake breakfast. It was pancakes, grits, eggs, exactly. and like one option that seems a little bit out of the ordinary, like maybe some fried chicken <clears throat> or fish or spaghetti or something. Exactly. Know? Now, exactly. The, the fruit buffets on some of the brunches and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I'm, I'm relating both because they seem so connected and so, of bringing what we used to think was, quote unquote, the club yeah, or so, nightlife. Yeah. And yeah. And to you know, daytime. I got exactly. And, you know, and I'm, though I'm not doing a brunch. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing a day party. I do feel what you're saying on the brunch tip because. I think that's going to probably be our next event. Mm -hmm. But as it relates to day partying, I mean, I think that, that this this day party is special. Um, and I think that day parties are special for the reasons that I said before. But this one is going to be particularly special because I think it really is uh, highlighting some individuals here in the city who I think are uh, have been culture kings and queens, a, a culture king and queen in the city for a number of years and have really, in my opinion, not gotten the recognition that they deserve. Uh, Zayna Smith, the owner of Spectacles. Oh, we love Boutique. Zayna. Oh, Shout man. out Zayna. I love you, Zayna. A, a person that was throwing a lot of those six in the morning parties. Zayna was throughout her six, life. 
Zayna was throwing those six in the morning parties. You know, yeah. Zayna is someone who has been a retailer since uh, 1972. Mm-hmm. She's had uh, spectacles in its same location since 1984. So we're talking about uh, someone who's been in the game of retail for nearly uh, 50 years mm-hmm. and someone who's been in one location uh, making an impact for nearly 40. Yeah. And uh, in her space, I, I like to refer to Zayna as the, her as spectacles as the little shop that could because and did because it has impacted culture in a, in a way that I think it might be invisible to many who are not know, but it's like who we're not to know, but it's like that saying, if you know, you know. And and Zayna has impacted everything from music to fashion to art and uh, to literature. And and so we're honoring her during this day affair and we want to just make certain that the turnout is equal to what we feel is her stature in this city and what she means to lots of people. Lots of people feel that Zayna is the soul of the city. She even made a shirt, Soul of Detroit, mm-hmm. or Soul Detroit. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say Soul of Detroit, Soul Detroit. And that shirt is one I've been in other countries and seen people wearing it. Yeah. I, if you go on the internet, you see people who are not even from Detroit sporting that shirt. It is synonymous with Zayna. It's synonymous with spectacles. There's a lot of history that Zayna is connected to that I think uh, is valuable, important history. And she is living history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similarly, Ann Fittler is living history as well. Here's a guy who started off with Enchantment. He's worked mm-hmm. with uh, Jazz Great, uh, Harold McKinney. He's worked with, uh, of course. Everybody, George Clinton. George Clinton. We, we talked when I interviewed him, uh, one of my favorite, RJ's latest arrival. R- I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. Ant Work RJ's latest arrival. Yeah. Uh, Seal, uh, yeah. Kareem Bailey Ray, the brand new heavies, mm-hmm. you name it. The list goes on and on for people who uh, Amp has worked with. And again, Amp is somebody who I consider a friend but he's not just a friend to me. He's a friend to the city. He's a mentor to many. Uh, he's responsible for the world even knowing about Dilla. Yeah. Through his introduction of Dilla to Q-Tip. Yeah. And so, you know, here's somebody who has, again, invisibly, largely impacted the culture of Detroit and thusly the world in a way also, that I don't think folks know and we want to make certain they recognize. Also, I always get this point anytime Amp Phil is brought up. The coolest person in any room. Always. Like, I, I can't even think of somebody that I think would be cooler. It, 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 you're getting into high levels of cool with, with Amp Filler. Man, nobody is cool as Amp. <laughs> nobody is cool, you know, as Amp, man. You know, it's funny because I did. I had the pleasure of, of uh, producing Amp's first concert appearance. And it mm-hmm. took place at the Tangent Gallery probably mm-hmm. nearly 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. About 18 years ago. Wow. And um, it was, I think, right before the Waltz of a Ghetto Fly um, album came out. Mm-hmm. And he killed it. But he, he caught off stage. He said, man, I was so nervous. I said, nobody would ever know. No. He said, he said, I was nervous, but because I rely on my instincts, I'm able to appeal to the crowd. I said, uh, your your instincts, if your instincts, if everybody had those kind of instincts, 
we'd all be that cool. But, you know, like you yeah. said, no. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. I mean, like, yeah, it, it's trippy almost. It's like you're going to if he's in a room, you're going to notice him and you're going to want to say something. That's right. You Absolutely. Know, it's not many people like that. Like some people Absolutely. be like, that's a star. It's like, no, that, yeah. that is a star. That's right. I mean, and, you know, ambassadorial skills are matched by none. I mean, you know, when his amp walks in the room, you know, you, his hat, his collars, his cufflinks, I mean, whatever, his yeah. pants, his shoes, you're going to know that you're in the midst of greatness, of somebody who's a very yeah. interesting and unique and wonderful human being. Yeah. So, so this concept coming together, um, I guess we can get more specific. We're talking around it. When, what, where, how do I get there? Um, this upcoming not this sunday mm -hmm. but sunday may 29th from mm -hmm. noon until 10 uh we'll be having the detroit diaspora day party is king event at 2315 i'm sorry 2351 west grand boulevard which is the Irwin house gallery which is a gallery which is a arts and cultures uh location that i just think is wonderful it's growing it's beautiful it's run by a woman by the name of misha mcgowan and uh it showcases some wonderful visual artists we're going to be taking over the grounds of the gallery to make this event possible we're going to have a tribute dinner for zana smith who we talked about we're going to have a tribute dinner that's in Zayna's honor as well as Amp's honor. And then we're going to have DJs take over the backyard. So there's a side lot where we're going to have okay. a wonderful tinted dinner that's going to be uh, prepared by uh, local chef Nick R. Cole okay. of uh, fried chicken and caviar fame. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So we're going to also have a champagne toast that is provided by Clorinda and Richie Richardson. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to be a, a great event where the artist James Morris is going to provide uh, custom awards that we've created for both Amp and Zena. So we're really excited about it. Uh, we got some really great DJs. We're going to have face painters, uh, Ifoma Stubbs and Trey Marcel there who are going to be uh, fa face painting and making people's face paintings in a tribal fashion so you know folks are going to be walking around there looking real cool you know i don't mm -hmm. know uh just say the asante tribe i think that's where mm -hmm. my family i'm assuming my family came from the asante tribe but mm -hmm. whatever tribe is your choice they're going to try to okay do it up it. and i don't know who who your tribe is mm -hmm. but i'm assuming we probably from the similar same tribe. Or possibly. So, yeah, we like, probably from the same tribe. It's like so Rosa you know. Parks Boulevard. I'm just messing with you. So 12th Street. Like uh so uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I was so it's gonna be a dinner. It's gonna be what DJs are gonna be there? Uh we're gonna have uh DJ Righteous, we're gonna have Marilyn Griffin of Griffin Gardens, mm -hmm. uh Vernon English of the Tandem. Um and myself mm -hmm. and also Dwayne Powell of uh, Chicago. Dwayne Powell's a wonderful, wonderful DJ out of Chicago. And then uh, our very own uh, Divinity, who is a house music chanteuse, but she will be putting on a different hat on this day, and she's going to be a DJ. She's going to okay. be a selector. So one thing I like about that is that 
because she is a singer in the house music realm, she's going to be playing stuff that people have never even heard mm -hmm. that she gets from her friends, right? So mm -hmm. that's what's going to make her set so interesting. But we're going to be playing all kinds of stuff. We're going to traverse the world of electronic music from on piano music out of South Africa, techno, house, you name it. Soul, hip-hop, we're going to go everywhere. And anybody who's there is going to have what they feel. And I, I truly believe they're going to feel like they traveled around the world, even though they've stayed in one place, and they're going to be right here in Detroit. Uh, but we're going to take them on a real nice journey. Okay, so... This is going. This already sounds very interesting. Of like, like a in a music array. What time uh, and how do I get tickets? You can go to urban-organic.net for mm -hmm. tickets, or you can go to eventbrite.com and put in Detroit Diaspora. Either way, it will lead you to the ticket link. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have more tickets available for the dinner, the tribute dinner, and we have more tickets available for the dance party as well but if you are interested please check one of those sites we do have more tickets available like i said it's going to be a great time i mean i think that one of the, the cool things about it is it's not just about the music <clears throat> it's actually uh about the culture in its totality and before i forget it's going to be benefiting a wonderful organization it's actually run by one of the DJs, uh, Vernon English. Yes, uh, and some of the monies will be going to the Miracles Foundation, which was founded by uh, artist and DJ Vernon English that will provide grants to students who are seeking careers in the arts. Okay. Who, what will I experience when I come? Like, uh, what type of people will be there? Do I, do I bring my wife? Do I bring my kids? Do I bring... You know, just my homies. Like, what, what, what's I'm the, glad, what's the feel gonna be? I'm glad you asked that. Um, this is the type of event that you can bring your wife, you can bring your kids. I want you to. I'm encouraging folks to bring their kids because if we don't bring our kids to events like this, then the music and the culture dies. You know, there's a disconnect, and mm -hmm. we can even see that in society right now with the disconnect in, in generations that haven't mm -hmm. necessarily made an exchange culturally and musically and otherwise that I think we can prevent from happening if mm -hmm. we are able to uh, engage our kids. So I encourage everybody to bring their kids, uh, bring their wives, of course, bring your girlfriend, bring the young people, bring the old people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're going to make it so that it's a fun time for all ages. Uh, definitely is going to be a family-friendly environment and so okay so you you spoke to the the kids can come little homies in effect little homies are always cool but along with that you still adults are are, are going to be key in 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 making this vibe like will it remind them of let's back like, that up let's back that up Cause yeah because i don't want to i don't want people to bring a whole bunch of kids out there okay okay Cause it's not going right. to be like that vibe, because okay. I mean, because if they it's start, a, you can bring your kids. Yeah, you can bring your kids. I'm a, I'm a, let me. I want because I don't want because motherfuckers show up and they like. Yeah, yeah. Got teams of motherfuckers. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> well, yeah. Got it's no ass. bounce house. <laughs> exactly. All right. So hold on. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> hold on.
All right. So for this event, um, who should come and what's going to be the feel? Is it going to remind me of the old, like, you know, as like what, what will be, what will be the feel? Do I bring my, do I bring my homies? Do I bring my wife? Yeah. Do I bring the little homies? Do I bring the kids? You know, like what, I mean, what's the feel? You know, you can bring them. Older kids, you uh -huh. know, I encourage older kids. I mean, don't bring little kids. I mean, uh -huh. you know, a couple of them maybe, but we don't have bounce houses. Oh, it's man. not gonna be that kind of vibe. But I do think it is important to mm -hmm. make certain that we keep the funnel of culture flowing, so that you know, if you got some kids that are mature and, and don't need a lot of supervision, bring them because I think they're gonna get a lot out of this. But this is something that I think is a suitable event for all ages and. Okay. Uh, I certainly think that the music is family friendly. I mean, there'll probably be a little bit of cursing here and there, but there's not going to be the kind of environment. It's not going to be the kind of environment that you wouldn't want a younger person to be around. Um, and also older folks. I think older folks, I mean, you know, I, my own mother is talking about coming. Okay. You know, but I think our core audience is going to be the people that, that like to go to festivals that okay. like to go to art galleries, that like food. So what is that? Who is that encompass? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I don't know. I don't but know. it's definitely somebody that's like culturally more like on the pulse when I think yeah. festival. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it opens. So like I may not even necessarily like it's not going to be because some events you go to and you feel like it's a dance flow that air, that's everywhere. So I may be able to kick back. I don't necessarily have to get up there and, and sweat it out because some people that take house music like yeah serious yeah but it, it could be that but it also could be just like if i want to just kick out and vibe i can yeah. do that yeah you know that's one thing i want i i like you know i i noticed that the folks that show up in my events are not necessarily the house heads mm -hmm. you know and i i'm i'm proud of that to an extent because i think that uh the events that i've done actually drawn on what i consider music lovers you know mm. i have a friend in new york and i'll post stuff and sometimes, and, and I say, yeah, I'm playing bossa. Like the other day, I posted, I'm playing bossa nova, and she put a little frown face on Hilarious. my page. And I'm thinking to myself, who doesn't like bossa nova? How can you not love bossa nova? And I think the the cool thing about the audience that we are inviting out, that we expect to show up next Sunday, is an audience that really enjoys an eclectic range of music. You know, I mean. Yeah, they, they want a little Fela with their Louis Vega. But they also, you know, they, they want a little bit of her. They want a little bit of Robert Glasper. Or they want a little, like I said, I'm a piano. And they want a little techno. You mm. know, they want everything. They want to be able to dance. But they want a rich cultural experience. And that's what mm. we're going to give them. And I think that when they walk away, they're going to say, man, this, this was not just about the music. Again, uh, one thing I... I really like to say is that this is going to titillate hopefully all of the senses because we have not only music, we have visual art. We have uh, Yolanda Nichelle who's going to be featured in the gallery. Hmm. We have uh, Anzi Norman who's going to be featured in the gallery. Both visual artists who are going to have their works on display who I think hmm. are going to uh, really excite those who are, those individuals who are art lovers and I'm excited about having them. But in addition to uh, the music, the food, the art, mm -hmm. the um, award ceremony, and the camaraderie that they're going to have with not only the people who are here in Detroit, but the people who are going to be coming from all over the country. That's cool. So the this this definitely sounds um, 
It sounds like something to check out. Uh, what have you noticed as a person that's been doing? You've been doing events for a minute, man. You've been doing. You've promoted a lot of calls to action, especially around music. Yes. Do you notice a difference in just behavior between uh, a day party and a night party? Um, I, I got some things that I noticed, but what, what have you, you noticed the difference? We both had the same thing at the same time. You know what? I think people are generally more tame at a day party. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, there's something about being out in the sun and boogieing in the sun and, you know, getting your groove on in the sunlight that does something different than being under the cloak of nightfall, mm -hmm. being inebriated. You know, yeah. it's a different vibe. And, you know, not to say it's better or worse. Uh, it's just different. And mm -hmm. so, and it, this does go into the evening. So there is a portion of this that is in the evening. It'll probably be a good two to three hours of darkness uh, towards the telling us because we do go from noon until 10. So along with that, one of the biggest things I noticed the difference, even the sound, because mm -hmm. like that, if it if it's anything now, I kind of recognize it more. I don't go to nightclubs as much, but mm -hmm. when I do go to a nightclub, it's like, damn, this is loud. Now I kind of get what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Day party sets usually aren't as loud. The music kind of mm -hmm. more so like it's like kind of like how mm -hmm. I like my mics to be, mm -hmm. like lays over mm -hmm. the environment, meaning like. I can have a conversation mm -hmm. with the people I came with mm -hmm. at a day party. Mm -hmm. At a nightclub, I assume I'm probably not going to be able to have a conversation with mm -hmm. who I came with. Absolutely. Without and shouting at them. That's true. And hopefully because we're outside, we're outdoors, you know, that that's going to make a difference in your ability to be able to hear others too. We don't want to blow your eardrums out to the point where talking to the folks around you is not an enjoyable experience. We want you to be able to come and dance, but we also want you to be able to talk to folks. Because if you're not communicating with folks, then you're not going to want to stick around that long. Because if you can't talk and hear, then what's the... Now, now, now I got to press you on this because <laughs> it's, 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 it's like three types of people that like their music loud. Yeah. DJs are one of them. Yes. DJs are always like, turn it up. Turn yeah. it up. Turn yeah. it up. Turn right. it up. I, yeah. I went to um shout out uh you mentioned her before. Jennifer Crawford and what they do with the uh with uh I forget what they even call that. The the DTE the Park uh what is that? The DTE Park over there near the I don't know the name of the, the Lumen park. restaurant, I, but I'm thinking about what she does at the Eastern Market, but Okay. Um, but she did something with uh I, I can't believe I forgot the name of that park, but you know, where they did the the, the party, but yeah, I'm like, man. I was like, they are rocking. The DJ mm -hmm. got it boom, 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 blasting. Yeah. yeah. You know, like even yeah. with uh, the Electronic Fest, the, yeah. the years I went, it'd be like boom. Like to the point where I would damn near have to be so far away from one of the stages yeah. just to think through. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that helps that it's not that loud. And that may be me. Yeah. Like, I that mean, may be a sign it, of getting now, older. Let me, let me, let me say this it is going to be loud. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's gonna, but, but it's not going to but it's not going to be overbearingly loud. And, and why do you think uh I guess that's the other question I guess I would say like why do you think so many of the nightclubs have that overbearingly loud feel? You cuz you know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're talking about. I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, there's I don't know where that whole idea of being so loud that you can't speak or hear comes from, but I think um the sophisticated music listener mm -hmm. likes to have their music 
so that it's conversational still, that, that, that you can have a conversation, that you can uh, hear what's going on around you. You know, I mean, I, I, there are some, some neighborhood bars that I go to and the music is off the charts. Yeah, true. And I mean, I'm like, true. you know, just if you just brought it down a little bit, this place would have so much more business. But you like, know what? A lot of times they still have business, but that's to just me, not where I want to be. To me, I, I think, shout out to John and everything they're doing over there and, and his partners, but that's what makes Griot so cool. Yes. Because I know I can go in there. The music will be at usually like a, I can I can have a conversation. Six or seven, maybe. Yeah. At the, at the top. Yep. Have a cool cocktail. It's black owned. It's like, it's cool. It's in the pocket. I can go here. I can chill. I can think. Yes. Whereas you're right. It's some even neighborhood bar yeah. where it's like, yeah. I know if I go here with Drake, I'm going to be like, all right. Right. So what you doing next week? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, and then it's like, I also think that when the music is lower, it inspires a different feel, even with the dancing and the rhythm, too. Mm-hmm. Hence, one of the coolest places, I think, for that. This is definitely zigging. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys ever go to Vicente's on a Saturday night or Friday night, the Cuban restaurant in Detroit, it's like it lays over so well because obviously it's still a functioning restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. like I think it moves the dance a little bit different, where people get a little bit more active in their dance and mm-hmm. finger snapping and mm-hmm. moving around a little bit differently yeah. than it being so like in your face. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think you know it's it's uh, you know. It, it's a it's a balanced vibe you know people like being able to you know you want to be able to engage all of your senses and one of when one of them is cut off like if you're dancing and somebody closes your eyes that's not going to be as fun so if you're dancing and somebody closes your ears because you can't hear anything else or you're mm-hmm. in a social environment where you can't utilize all of your senses maximally then it's not going to be as fun so you're right a play i love i'm glad you referenced vicente's because i think that they get it right Yes, I mean mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's definitely one of the one of the places where I'm like, damn, and, and we know it's from a Cuban lens. Yeah, but I'm like, this can be replicated on so many levels, especially when we think of the dynamics of Black culture that exists in and around the city of Detroit. That's it right. It should be, uh, uh, it, I should have the Vicente experience in in damn near so many venues that's right but i mean i'm a promoter so i always think like that and i know it takes a lot with the dance instruction and all of that stuff but that can exist it, it sure you know can. uh shout out to uh everything godwin's doing with zawande and the african oh, drumming yeah. lessons with oh, young yeah. village and stuff like that yeah. like but things like that can happen yeah you can have an offering from that same perspective absolutely you in sure more can. of these spaces and i think you it welcomes a different energy mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know, because you sitting there, you eating, and then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can come here next weekend. Exactly, exactly. You know? you know, I think you know that's a you know you make a great point. And uh, with Sunday the 29th, we want to achieve, we want to hit all the switches, and we want to hit them properly. I'm with it. I'm with it. So, like in planning and working this out, um kind of i guess shifting now as a promoter doing this for so long what has been some of the biggest changes in doing an event today versus before and are some of those changes you think just changes that you would have made naturally just because you've grown in age and your audience has grown with you or are some of those changes just due to 
you think today in the way that people receive information or attend events or what their expectations of uh, going to something have become? You know, um, I mean, lots of the world has changed for all of us in the last 20 years, right? I started Urban Organic in November of 2001. And mm -hmm. so it's been 21 years this year that uh, I've been producing events. And when I first started, I wasn't DJing at all. I mean, I started DJing in high school, mm -hmm. along with Norm Talley, and then in college later on, Kai Alsay. But I wasn't a DJ. And I never intended to be a DJ. I enjoy booking talent, and I enjoy um, featuring up-and-coming artists, you know, people who are now household names, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Lettucey, Eric Roberson, Dwelle, PJ Morton, uh, Avery Sunshine. Raheem Devine. Raheem Devine. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, the, 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 the female Anthony Hamilton. Um, uh, her. Uh, her. Okay. Her, uh, I was going to say Jaguar. Not her, right? not her. I'm saying a female, Le Leela James. Leela James. Leela yeah. James. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you I say definitely. her, I can't say her without. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, no, thinking. No, but no, her. not her. But yeah, so, yeah. you know, Jasmine Sullivan. I had the opportunity mm -hmm. to work with Jasmine Sullivan. And so it, it's nice to have worked with mm -hmm. these people and to have really not only helped them in Detroit, but helped them in other markets get a foothold to the point where these folks, they don't need uh, folks like me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they have, their, their careers are set. And... I think we came along, me and the people that I work with came along at a time where social media wasn't the way it is. Now. No. You know, there were gatekeepers to the culture, to the stages that these folks came to Yeah. 20 years ago, 24 mm -hmm. years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, 17 years ago. Um, and those were all opened up when social media, you know, you you don't have to come through a Drake Pfeiffer in, in Detroit or a Mark Powers in D.C. or a Freddie Luster in Atlanta or a Kadar Coleman in Chicago. You don't have to go through any of these people uh, to actually trumpet your show that you're coming to town to perform. Mm -hmm. You can do that on your own now. Eric Roberson now can make contact. Eric Roberson doesn't need to do it anymore, but Eric Roberson, can, he has an email list that he has grown for the last 20 years that's probably bigger than anybody's around yeah, here yeah. Of, of people in Detroit who have come to his shows. I think Zoe, Zoe does a great job of Zoe, that big time Zoe, as far Zoe. as connecting direct yeah, to right. the fan base. Yeah, Zoe, and Zoe comes out of the Eric Roberson School of Thought. You know, mm -hmm. Zoe and Eric have worked together enough for Zoe to be able to glean the things that Eric does. And, and anybody who's seen Eric do what he does knows that he does it the best yeah nobody does it better i mean eric i saw an article that uh talked about eric roberson and it compared eric to jay-z and i know a lot of people who don't know who eric roberson is probably thought that was funny mm -hmm. or those who know him probably thought it was funny too because they like eric roberson jay-z how does that even fit into the same mm -hmm. sentence but if you look at the me mechanisms of of his success and the innovation that he employed to achieve it, yeah, I think you'll start looking at it a little differently and really appreciate what he has actually accomplished. Oh, most definitely. I think Eric Roberson's um, 
I don't know if I want to say work ethic as much as I want to say his approach towards being an independent music artist at a point in time, really, where you definitely had um, have the, the, the resources available and enough talent to, to be in that space with a with a uh, Kenny Lattimore or Maxwell or so many others, you know, uh, Eric, yeah. Eric Benet, like, yeah. you know, and they, they probably be the first people to tell you that. Yeah. But without a record he deal. leaned into being an independent artist and working with promoters such as yourself and like turning over stones in a way that like a James Brown would. That's right. Um, is phenomenal. That's right. You know. And, and so when you ask me how do I think things have changed, you know, A, social media has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the way people get their music has changed. You know, people don't go to record stores anymore to get yeah. their music. Um, you know, people buy, the, people don't listen to the radio. They don't even listen to it in the same way anymore. People listen to their music in these silos now, really. You know, these mm-hmm. these algorithmed silos that have them listening to the things that they like, which is not necessarily a bad thing because mm-hmm. that's all you were doing with radio. I mean, in some ways it's more expansive, but then in other ways it's more segregating. I, I, I like that you presented it like that. Now I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Piper, and I guess I could be asking myself too, the Urban Organic Playlist, because right now the playlist has become like the new radio. Yeah. Um, Urban Organic Playlist. Yeah. Who? When, when, what, how, where, where will that be? You know something, uh, I like to put together playlists every so often, and Mm -hmm. um, I do it probably a couple times a year. A lot of times I'll do it up on request, and depending on who asks me, I will curate that request for that individual's style of taste. Yep. But um, I'm a Spotify guy, man. You know, I'm a Spotify guy. I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hate from a lot of folks as it relates to Spotify because of some of its payment practices. Mm-hmm. But Spotify also happens to be one of the best um, as it relates to uh, curating. I, lo- I like Spotify's algorithm as it comes to, as it relates to discovering new music. I'm, I, I agree with you. And even during definitely everything that happened with uh with Joe Rogan, people were definitely like, I hate Spotify. But mm-hmm. then you find out, like, the percentages are bad all the way around. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like even when I think the the whole concept, I remember when I did my last record and one of the producers was like, why are you still pressing CDs? Because it's like, I need a physical copy. It's like people don't even have a CD player anymore. And I'm like, I give you that. Maybe I should have got vinyl. But I need something that's transactional where I can exchange this. Yeah. I don't just need digital stuff because right. I don't know what's being played and what's not being played, who's that's playing right. it, how much money I'm getting. It's like that whole world as a lot of, um, a lot not to get too nerdy about it, but like, during the time when Neil Young and a lot of those artists said we're taking our music off of Spotify, it was di- way more of the margins of percentage they got. But some mm-hmm. of those artists got ended up with big Neil Young, for instance, ended up with a big deal with Amazon Music, mm-hmm. which basically their practices are the same. It's it's like the difference between when you go from Verizon to T-Mobile, pa- like PayPal is it, to Cash App, yeah, to is Venmo. It, is it, it? Are there certain uh, differences? Yes. But is it so drastic where it's like this music 
option is giving you I mean, 60% of your listen, money versus listen, this one giving you half listen, a percentage of a penny? Listen, at the end of the day, these services are providing what? A service. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we as the consumer benefit. And the artists benefit too. I mean, they not, may not get paid. Artists have always made most of their money from the stage. From the stage. So get out there and tour. See, if you just want to be at home in your room, making music on your homemade studio, and not getting out here working, then you're not going to really reap the benefits of being a recording artist any way that you would otherwise. I mean, you're not never you're never going to make all of your money from recording. So. You know, I mean, I get it. I get it that people have gripes with the payment systems of a lot of these things. But my thing is, I mean, I mean, huge like the machine is so, like, OK, here's the classic story. Yeah. And it, it was pretty big because I think this may have been one of the biggest songs. Maybe in. American history mm -hmm. is Pharrell Williams happy because it's a part of a Disney movie. I think it's one of the few movie songs that was it was on hip hop, urban yeah. contemporary. Yeah. It was on uh, yeah. I don't know adult it contemporary. It was on top. They 40 played it so pop. much. That they play happy so much that it made me unhappy. It and even off of I that, a hundred and five million plays. He received sixty three hundred dollars. I didn't even know, I did not know it was that stark of an amount. So it's like, do I think I'm going to end up with a, a, a song? And that, Sony got their percentage, too. So it was more. But it's like, if, if, I'm, if I'm, I guess, confident and brash enough to think that I'm going to make a, a, a hit song bigger than happy, I, you know. $6,300, though? $6,300. Yeah. yeah I, so, I'll send you the article. So yeah. it's like. So if, if we're dealing with that, but when you do a song like Happy, yeah. that gives you access to like now you can score, I don't know, the, the Golden Globes or, or or score the next Pixar Disney franchise. Exactly. Or like almost like you, the music becomes a gateway for other vehicles to present that, things. And definitely the music is always the the trailer for the live show. You just said it. I mean, a lot of people don't look at the bigger picture. A lot of artists don't look at the bigger picture. If they are stuck on what they're going to be making from these streaming services, if they're stuck on that, then they don't need to be a recording artist. You know, you need to be able to see the uh, the bigger picture and understand that these are the prelude. These services are actually tools for you to be able to, to get onto the on-ramp of making music and creating it a revenue stream from it they're not the revenue streams themselves and, and see i think you can do a little bit of a, a, a both and in my mind like right now black star's new album mm -hmm. you have to buy exclusively from them black star uh talib kwali yeah and uh yeah. what's it uh yasin bay yasin bay yeah most and, def and uh so you have to get from them directly. Mm -hmm. Kanye West had the whole hard drive that mm -hmm. it was hard to encrypt. And he definitely sold way less, quote unquote, mm -hmm. of units, but all way more of a percentage when he got it. I think, you know, Prince was big into that before he passed. So, like, I think you can do a yes and, meaning, like, you can have this is my Spotify offering. And then if you want something exclusive... You can Correct. come to my website and get Correct. this exclusive no. stuff directly through me and my download. Absolutely. Option. Or go to Bandcamp. 
Yeah. You know, Bandcamp is when you want to make certain that the artist is making money, go to Bandcamp because then you download those downloadables directly hit the artist's pocket in a way that they don't. But they have a they have a different model. Yeah. And um, again, I love the Bandcamp model. It's just not set up in the it's same way. It's not as way. accessible to, like, I, I got, you know, I have Spotify, too. Spotify has mm-hmm. the commercial option, the non-commercial option. Mm-hmm. You can work playlists. I can share playlists with you now that I know you. And yeah. I need to start doing that anyway because it's, yeah. like, different moods that we yeah. set, different vibes. Yeah, and like exactly. you said, the logarithms, if you set, like, 15 songs, it's going to play. Like, yeah. you know, one of my playlists I have is... uh what I call it is the No Worries playlist because it was this book. So it's like I had Alicia Myers. I want to thank you in my no play in my in that. So it pulled in the right other Alicia Myers song oh, really? that were in that. Oh, can you share that with me? Perspective. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, it's like yeah. this is an interesting. Yeah, the uh, the way they work it is not the traditional way where Correct. it's like okay, Britney Spears has a new album, yeah. so we about to force Dang. this Britney Spears song into your playlist, no matter what you think. Yeah. And, and think about all the artists who get exposure on a Spotify. I like I learned of Cleo Soul via Spotify. Mm. I wasn't looking for Cleo Soul. Yeah. Are you familiar with Cleo Soul? I'm, I'm I'm interested. Man, when you listen, I mean this this she's a she's she's one of she's out of London, I believe, okay. and she's definitely an artist that is making lots Waves. of noise. Oh mm. my God, she has not made a song that I don't like. Okay. And um, Snow Allegra. Yeah, Snow Allegra, Josh Adams, comedian. He loves that R&B, so he put uh, yeah. me up on it. Tom Mish. I would have never heard of Tom Mish if it wasn't for Spotify. You know, mm-hmm. these people, these are people who who I think in the last, in recent years have become known to us over here stateside because of services like Spotify or, or, or uh, Apple, Apple Music. Or Apple but Music. I think Apple Music or, and even... Uh, or Pandora. What's, yeah, I mean, Pandora. All, like, all of them. I mean, all, this they're all a little I'm, bit different. I'm lumping yeah, them yeah, together, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 So with with that um, in that same zone, what what are you looking to do coming up soon? Like, what are some of the next experiences? Because that's where I've shifted, and I think they it's it's a little overused, but it's just the to- it's it's the right thing we're selling now. We're selling an experience, yes, because it's not a show offering anymore. We're not selling a showcase, yes. We're selling an experience, right. What experiences are you looking to connect with people? Because this right now, a day party is definitely a vibe. It's mm-hmm. an experience. Mm-hmm. What are some of the next you know, experiences? I feel like uh, people ask are asking for us as event producers to be creative. You know, that's our call. Mm-hmm. And if you have creative impulses like you or uh, I, like, like you or me, like the, either of us have, I think that it's something that makes you, it just drives you to just come up with that next over the top idea. Hmm. And I don't know if I've actually Hit honed in on that over the top idea, but I always feel every time I do an event, I feel like I'm getting closer to it. I got you. Because I'm always learning something new every time I do an event. Even if, I mean, I've done events that have been wildly successful. I've done a lot of events that haven't necessarily been successful. I mean, that's the nature of doing events. Yes. And you learn something from them. And let me let me let mm-hmm. me tell everybody this. And I tell people this all the time. In business, you're gonna definitely learn a lot when you lose money. Yes. Is it that's the I best mean, business cool. Let me tell you this. And then when you do an event and you take I always joke and I even tell you, take the LL Cool J, but I love Tyler <laughs> Taking the L. 
taking the LL Cool J is always tough. You know, but even in taking the L, it's a lot of lessons you learn because you're like, what did I not do? What stones did I did I forget to turn over and and, and forget in my system exactly. before you start pulling on like, um, you know, um, you know, hologramic Tupac and Biggie are doing a free concert at Ford Field and everybody down there because it's like. If you're honed in and crystallized, yeah. you could be competing with Christmas. Yeah. Uh uh the the, the you know, whatever other events. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z, yeah. Drake, and Kanye West <laughs> right, all right, right. are doing a concert the same day. Right. And people will still come to what you got. That's right. If you honed in. That's right. You know. That's right, that's right, that's right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so you know, so when you ask what what I what I think is in store, you know, I'm I'm just always my mind is always turning, always turning, always thinking of things. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about some of the things earlier, yeah. you know, the, like the thing with the the picnic baskets, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think stuff like that excites me. You know, I mean, I don't want to be at the club all night anymore. I want to do things that fit into my lifestyle, the things that I like to do, you know. But with the dynamics of the club that you appreciate. With the dynamics of art and music and mm-hmm. culture and um, culinary arts that I enjoy, you know, I don't, I want to be, and I want to be around people who appreciate those things too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, for me, I think it is definitely, you know, about trying to figure out different ways to to activate those things and those areas in a way that makes them fun and enjoyable and accessible to people. And, you know, I don't want it, I want it to be accessible enough where, you know, it's not like, I don't want it to always be, if you know, you know. Yeah, I got you. So where, they, where they're welcome and they can onboard to this experience That's the right, right way. That's so right. as you build out these experiences, does that put you more in a space? Like, are you, because I know, at least for me, I used to look at stuff and say, I want to book this person or I want to I want to do this. Now, I don't even think like that anymore. I'm thinking like who fits the vibe of what this is? Yeah. You know what? You know, when when I'm thinking as a concert producer, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about who I want to bring. So I'm definitely like, okay, who I want to bring to do this, that and the other. But when I'm thinking uh, with my event producer hat on, I'm thinking what can I do to make the wheel spin a little differently? Hmm. You know, how can I make that wheel spin backwards and forward at the same time? You Hmm. know what I mean? I mean, you know, of course I'm speaking figuratively, but how can I do something that uh, takes it up a notch or gives it another look, Mm -hmm. you know, that it didn't have before? You know, how do I do that? Okay. I like that concept. I like mm-hmm. that concept. So when you say moving forward and backwards and just thinking outside the box in these offerings. So does that include because I've gotten to this point and I don't know when you started thinking like this or, you know, how you approach it. But the venue matters, like you say, the food matters, the 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 aesthetic uh, of even the invitation, uh, the social media approach, like almost like the more intentional everything is succinct the more it makes sense mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and the more it's not succinct, it just 
loses its flair. Because yeah. even the experience of, you know, me, I still sometimes will print, print tickets up for events, but I even think the ticket is still a heck of a, a, a momento from the event because when I look back at yeah. people, they collect them as yeah. collector yeah. items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? We're tactile beings. We like to touch. I mean, we... Yeah. We're giving a sense of touch for a reason. You know, you don't want to just have everything digitally. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's nice to have, like you said, a keepsake yeah. or something that makes it feel tangible. Like, you know, I give you a ticket to an event versus emailing it to you. You're going to probably remember that ticket. I oh. mean, it's people that, yeah, like, I don't know if people are keeping the, uh, like, this is definitely no shade towards the artist, but like, okay, here go a classic one. That. And I didn't go to it, but I heard enough people that went to it. You know, if you date black women, you probably definitely do. But that Maxwell Sade concert mm -hmm. that they did a couple years ago. Yes. I know enough people that went to it that said, I love this right. show. If you got your tickets online, and I don't know if you printing off that email the same way that if you actually went to the box office and kept that ticket, the way that I know people still have tickets from like the Four Top shows, Temptations, Marvin Gaye, uh, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Anita Baker, like everybody I've, that was like, yeah, I got to go see uh, Anita Baker's uh, final show. I know they want some type of keepsake from going out there to Vegas for that. Mm, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I know I do. If uh, I go someplace, I want to have a something to come away with that, a souvenir. Something that's like, okay, I was there, and I, I bought the T-shirt, you know. Yeah. So. so so in making these events and experiences, are you, I mean, you're one person. How many of these details are you thinking as you go? Like, does it just flow together? You know, Are you just always trying to say, like, okay, well, I got, I got, 15 of these 20 things that I think I'm gonna need so let's just do stuff with everything I already got well you know what I'm I'm not always a one-man band you know mm -hmm. I I have what I call um, these ad hoc teams that pop up yeah when I'm doing an event <clears throat> and uh, I like to say that I'm I'm a great partnership builder you know I'm, I get great partners to help me with events and, and on this one um, you know, I'm working with Vernon English and uh, mm -hmm. Righteous, but Vernon English is is uh, is a story event producer in the area. I mean, he does a number of events. He and his partner Bruce Bailey do stuff all around the city throughout the year, and so teaming up with somebody like uh, Vernon just tapped me into an entirely different audience and uh, and a skill set um, that I didn't necessarily have. Some of them overlap, but some of them. You know, it's nice to have another set of eyes and ears on things for events. And, uh, and of course, Righteous has been there helping uh, with the Detroit Diaspora brand for the last, you know, five years. But in terms of overall uh, urban organic functionality, yeah, it's primarily me on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. But I, I tend to tap individuals on a, on a contractual basis to work with me. You know, I, I think that one of the... One of the things that I probably look at now more so than previously, I, I never wanted a venue mm -hmm. up until recently. Uh. Because, you know, my, my feeling was that you had to be at a venue, you had to pay for, a venue has to pay for itself seven days a week. Yeah. You may have three days. Of action. Of action. So you mm -hmm. got to figure out ways to pay those other days. Yeah. And that was never an appealing thought to me, especially with the type of, um, 
events that I was doing. But I, I think now with the experiences that I've had and where we are, technologically speaking, economically as a world, I think that uh, having a venue now would be a lot easier, even even in the COVID era. I mean, we're in we as we talked about earlier, we are in COVID. COVID is here to stay. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are not going to stop going out. Mm-hmm. People are only it's only going to progress. We just have to learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. So that that made me think like because that kind of Detroit diaspora. I, I I love you know love that brand. Um, but one of the challenges always is venues in this city. Yeah. And the venue challenge is like it's layered because yeah. it's great venues with not good parking. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Or it's exactly. great parking and not a good venue. That's right. Or it's it's venues, but the neighborhood it's gonna be tough for 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 what's what that offering could be. That's right. Of That's getting right. your audience to that neighborhood That's or right. that space. That's right. Like, it, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And you know, and and uh, somebody else dubbed urban organic this some time ago they said drake urban organic is the original pop-up in detroit and i said i never i never thought about it like that but in some ways i guess that has been the case you know i mean Mm -hmm. popping up from venue to venue because never had a set home you know kind of like a pop was a rolling stone wherever we leave our hat was our home we would go to Mm -hmm. uh, one place to another which i thought was always the ideal thing to do because i always like shedding light on these different venues that we would go to. But um, you're right. You always have either a, the great venue, poor parking, wonderful parking, not so hot venue. And mm-hmm. so trying to balance those two things. Or great is, venue. Or, some, or something. You know, great venue, something. no, no, no you got to bring sound. in all the audio. Yeah, you already saw where or, I was going. Bring in know, a stage. Not good seating or staging or whatever. You, you yeah. know, it's a, a myriad of things that, that, need to balance out half the time i mean all the time and for you to be able to have the ideal situation but nothing is really ever ideal right mm. you always have to do workarounds in the event business and so i think one of the things that uh it's one of the things i enjoy doing you know finding solutions to those obvious issues you mm-hmm. know like even with i mean we're on we're on west grand boulevard west grand boulevard although in the press release, I dubbed it as Detroit's most musical boulevard, which yeah. I don't think anybody could argue otherwise. Yep. It is that. Mm-hmm. But it's also got some other things about it that might not make yes. it Detroit's most desirable boulevard. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Northwestern graduate. <laughs> I usually run the track at Northwestern on Tuesdays and Sundays, so I'm always passing by there. And uh, it's close to uh, man. I'm forgetting the other place uh, that's like it's next to. But yeah, it's I've never been in that venue. I've always wondered because yeah. the way their logo is with the clothes that lead up to the eye. I'm like yeah. that's an interesting logo. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But um, but you're right. Like it's spaces like that that are amazing spaces. Mm-hmm. But getting and welcoming the people and the onboarding, and then even like spaces like that because you are still within a community community mm-hmm. like sharing and sharing that space mm-hmm. becomes something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it becomes something and so you know this is really i mean you know i like I, you know i like venues of i like an assortment of venues mm-hmm. i mean this is not our uh a downtown venue this is a neighborhood venue yeah a neighborhood art gallery the the uh-huh. lasalle garden neighborhood to be exact 
and it's going to feel like a neighborhood. And, and that's always been what I've loved about it, and I've learned from you. Like, yeah, you do, you know, the Renaissance Center December 1st, then January 1st, you're in, like, a, a, a niche couture boutique. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the same energy. Yeah. Like, it's all, yeah. it, it, but it's still a, the, a different call to action. So it may definitely, it's not going to be the, the full list of people you invited to the to the Renaissance Center event because they had a bigger call to action. Yes. But it's still niche and specific for who that audience is. Yes. And that same person, you know, one, one thing I like about uh, these events is this, you know, you ever see the person that's the, you know, by day, you, you know them as the, the successful professional, the you know, physician or lawyer or account, whatever, business person. Mm -hmm. And they have that, they're in that discourse community. Well, I like it when those people, you know, I, I like to, I like to invite people who are free to be who they are, not what they are. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? And, and there's a distinction I like to make, you know, with that statement. You know, I don't want you to have to come in and feel like you need to be your, whatever your vocation is, I want you to be able to come in and be what your spirit leads you to be, your creative self. I want you to be in touch and in tune and free with your um, creativity and so that you can just loosen up and have a good time and it not be about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want all the pretense to be out of the air, you know, to be wiped out of the air. I mean, you can never get rid of all of it because we're humans, but I want that to be in the background. Hmm. That's heavy. That's heavy. So I'm gonna wrap with this. Um, so with the events changing, certain things changing in the city of Detroit, even like the district Detroit, what excites you about what's to come just with Detroit events coming up? And it may not even just be your events. It could just be period. What, what excites you about what's to come with, event planning and some of these cultural mm -hmm. experiences that will mm -hmm. happen in Detroit. We see Mopop happening. Yeah. African World Festival is back in Hart Plaza. In July now. Yeah, that that was a little different. Yeah. But still, what's exciting you about what's to come with, with events here in the city? You know, I'm excited that there's new venues opening up. Uh, I know Jen uh, from Mean Red is opening up um, an old... Uh, Chinese, uh, Stanley's Chinese, which was mm -hmm. over in the... Um, like right on the cusp of like 8 Mile and Woodward. Yeah, but not that one. It was another one that's over near the... I forget the name of the neighborhood, but it's over near the Greyhound. I mean, not the Greyhound. Oh, the near... Uh, Amtrak I know exactly train what station. you're talking about. Like right basically mm -hmm. in like New Center, yes, quote it's unquote. A, it's yeah, a building. Midtown. Yeah, yeah, it's a building that was developed uh, okay. by uh, an African-American architect you know, mm -hmm. over 50 years ago, maybe 60 years ago. Uh, it sits there, you know, uh, lots of deferred maintenance. It's dilapidated right now, but she's going to bring that back. It's going to be a 300-seater venue. Uh, we have the City Winery, which uh, City Winery has locations in Nashville, Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., New York, uh, a number of other uh, markets, and they'll be coming here uh, this fall. I'm excited about that because – what that means is it underscores Detroit's reputation as a uh, live music city, that we are 
we're we're open for business as it relates to live music and it also will create um a a competitive a lane for them we'll, we'll i'll have some competition for what i do but it also will help me to be able to communicate to individuals who the type of artists that i'm bringing to town are because they'll be doing the same thing I do have this, on that same point, you know I have this question because I didn't think that I was going to follow up like this. But uh, even with a lot of studio, I got a call from attorney Gregory Reed, entertainment mm -hmm. attorney, and he was like, I want to help you with this, like the Entertainment Commission. And we had a little talk about the Middle Entertainment Commission, and I was like, and he was telling me because he was one of the four minds that like built what Detroit's Entertainment Commission was. Yes. And he was like, yeah, man, um, they, the city can't help you with this. They need to help you with this. This is an interesting community-based thing. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I was like, yeah, man, I know some members in council. Uh, I've even known some people on the entertainment commission, but mm -hmm. I don't think they even understand the functionality of what a commission can be. Mm -hmm. Watch those Riverwise Detroit is Different interviews uh, for the people lis listening that to find out the difference between like task force, commission, and just the connections of what can be made. Because mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, man, Nashville has a like millions of dollars that go into their entertainment mm -hmm. commission. Mm -hmm. Hence that keeps their strips mm -hmm. open for, for live music to mm -hmm. exist. What <sighs> do you think there's a relationship that needs to like begin happening that, uh, that people such as yourself and me engage in, 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 in are partnered with the state and the city and the county to execute this stuff or should we keep functioning in our own like lanes <clears throat> niche like what does that look like moving forward because like i kind of was like hey let's roll the dice i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna see what can happen with it but i i'm i'm not holding my breath yeah, yeah. i mean you know there's nothing wrong with uh pulling yourself up by your your own bootstraps mm -hmm. i mean that's it's a great thing to be able to do that and it's a one it makes for a wonderful story and it makes for wonderful storytelling because most of the time people who have uh, achieved great success in the arts arena, they, they have not necessarily done it on their own bootstraps. There's funding. It's always, yeah, that's always a lot. That bootstrap theory. That bootstrap is from, theory is. That, is, that rugged individualism these white folks talk about, <laughs> it, it, it don't exist. It don't exist. You know? And so I think any smart city that wants to attract uh, a creative class of individuals who want to move to that city or that region would be smart to be able to. I mean, I think that one of the silliest things that was done was when Snyder was uh, governor is to erase the film tax credit, mm -hmm. you know, because they the film industry dried up just like that. But people mm -hmm. were making money off the film industry. I mean, well, people, it was just getting it was going. just getting started. Yeah, but yeah. people were starting to make money. It was just starting to get going, you know. So he set the city and the state back. I don't know how bad, how far back, but significantly. And so I think, you know, looking at what was uh, what was starting to happen and what has happened as a result of the cancellation of those credits, we actually have a case study for what happens when a, when a municipality pours into the arts, pours mm -hmm. into its creative community. You actually help to create a, an industry that was uh, prior to that, non-existent or yeah. 
or very scarce. Yeah, stumbling along. Investment versus divestment. That's what right. what that looks like. That's, That's very right. interesting. So like, so like we we think of certain large calls action, like the NFL draft will be coming here next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and who should be at the table, like making these decisions? As we know, some of these other cities, like that, we know that are more tourist attractions, because yeah. that's the other thing that happens. Right. Detroit, as much as we are well known for artists that have impacted the world, mm-hmm. the industry of entertainment it's is not, not the Detroit call to action. No. So us in the space are like kind of working against the grain. Yeah. You know. So does do you think? Like in a perfect world, how is, how does, or a perfect world, in, in what you see, how are people such as yourself included in what happens if the NFL draft comes to Detroit? How are you included in that? Well, you know, I, I ultimately, I, the, you know, if, if you believe in a trickle down theory, I always know that I'm going to get a call. Uh huh. Yeah. Or a number of calls from a number of different individuals who are, in negotiation with whatever some yeah facet of that commission or that committee i should say uh i know i'll get some roundabout call i don't know in what capacity how that will look but as far as i'm concerned the time for getting that call because that call i feel oftentimes is the trickle down call so it comes like if the draft is in may that call comes like in march yeah. you feel like that call should be coming now ideally that's right. That call should be coming now or in March. When a decision is made, that call should be made then. And then how how much does your expertise at that table, because, like, you know, the city knows from the city's perspective, the mm-hmm. po- political people. Correct. But, like, how, how advantageous, like, when we look at some of these other cities, New Orleans, mm-hmm. Nashville, mm-hmm. L.A., mm-hmm. New York, like, cities with stronger uh, relationships to what this entertainment offering and it's unique because one of the first things people say when they go to a city, what's to do here? Mm-hmm. Even I don't know the last time you went to Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's I've never now been to Milwaukee. In, in okay. fact, it's, it's, it's actually on the list. Interest, it's on a list of cities I want to visit. Yeah. And not because Milwaukee is this, you know, city that has this strong allure, but it's something about, I mean, Milwaukee is I've, I've visited mm-hmm. just about all the other Midwestern cities and Milwaukee mm-hmm. is one, that, one that you have it. Mm-hmm. So like, the investments happen in there, or here's a classic one. I don't know the last time you've been to Columbus, Ohio, but yeah. Columbus, Ohio, in a matter yes. of like I want to say like have twenty years, they've oh yeah, oh Columbus is on it's fire. become it's like the largest a, city in Ohio now. Yes, yeah, like this in is, twenty years, it's it's, it's like almost yeah. went from like what do you do here, like oh I guess you got oh, yeah. Ohio State oh, no. or whatever else, oh, where man. now the city of no. Columbus kind of looms larger than Ohio State University. Oh, yeah. Columbus is sweet. You know, they, they, that, that city has, is doing something right. And, you know, I, I think we can take some notes from And you know what? I used to take issue when um, I would hear people like Richard Florida who, who wrote um, on the creative class. I think that was the name of his book in the, in the early 2000s. And I went to go see him speak at the uh, orchestra hall. I was part of a... Uh, one of those uh, booster organizations back mm-hmm. then. I was on the board. I can't even think of the name of it now. New, yeah. de- no, de- not new Detroit. Uh, Detroit something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's disbanded. It's been disbanded for years. But one of the things I think uh, Richard Florida actually had right. I've come to appreciate 
especially after having visited some of these cities that he referenced, like Pittsburgh. You know, he talked about eds mm -hmm. and meds and utilizing education in, in medical institutions to help uh, improve neighborhoods and make them more livable for all the citizens, not just for the wealthiest, not just for the most uh, well-endowed, but for everybody. And I didn't, I didn't quite understand what that meant until after seeing like a place like Pittsburgh, after seeing a place like Columbus, mm -hmm. and saying, "Wow, that whole Eds and Meds kind of um, philosophy, he has a point." You know, it just has to be shored up. I mean, I think even Grand Rapids has that Eds and Meds. Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. You yeah. know, so um, yeah, you know, Grand of course, Rapids today the, ain't like what Grand Rapids no. was when the first when I first visited in like '98. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, you know, my uh, grandparents, my father's from Grand Rapids. My grandparents grew up there part of, my father grew up there part of his life. And uh, I, went, I used to go there. Couldn't wait summers. to get back to Detroit. I could not wait. Now you probably chill for a second. I could stay for a day. Yeah, a day, <laughs> I stay, maybe two. I could stay. Yeah, anybody yeah, from Grand Rapids who's listening to this, I like Grand Rapids. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, Beca but. In fact, shout out to Scott Welch, who is my dude up there. Scott Welch is... Um, Part of he he runs an organization called Global Bridge Builders, mm -hmm. and he is true truly a global bridge builder. He is you know Grand Rapids has never had the reputation of being the most diverse place in the world, mm -hmm. but through Scott's work, it's becoming a much more diverse uh, place. And uh, as a result of the work he's done, I've been able to do all sorts of events. Wow in Grand Rapids through a fund that they have that is available to African Americans. So this is kind of like what you're talking about, like where uh, municipally, where a municipality or other groups or basically other entities and institutions of a city must engage artistry because that artistry is going to be the call to action to welcome That's people right. that feel grounded right. in the city. That's right. That's right. So, we, you know, and... It, I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier. You know, the partnership that I've had with uh, Scott Welch and Global Bridge Builders in Grand Rapids has allowed me to do events in the DeVault Center there, mm -hmm. in the listening room there. Uh, Myers Garden is something that we are planning on doing some events uh, next year, mm -hmm. uh, some programming that is sorely needed in that place. You know, and, and it's kind of people like him have made that place even sweeter. But, yeah, you know. Wrapping it all up, I know it's getting late. Mm -hmm. I gotta, you know. Dip. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you love know, what anybody you listening to this is probably yeah. like, Drake Pfeiffer's all over the place. Drake and Kari all over the place. Yeah, I yeah. hope what we have said today mm -hmm. makes a little bit of sense. Um, and so <laughs> that's all I can say. I hope it makes a little bit of sense. And I hope somebody got something out of it. I did thank you, Kari, for asking me to come over here to promote uh, my upcoming event this upcoming mm -hmm. uh, Sunday. Uh, Sunday, May 29th, from noon to 10 at the Irwin House Gallery, located at 2351 West Grand Boulevard. Uh, we're going to do a tribute to Zaina Smith, to Amp Fiddler. We're going to feature uh, two wonderful Detroit visual artists, Yolanda Nichelle and Anzi Norman, and we're going to have some funky, funky, funky DJs, funky in a good way. Some wonderful <laughs> DJs for you. And we're going to have a great uh, offering of all sorts of stuff that we'll see. you'll see when you get there. So 
Perfect. Thank you. Thank Urban you so much. Net. Thank you so much. Urban, Urban-organic.net. You might have to go back and say that. I'm going to put it on the uh, lower third. Okay. <laughs> Thank All you, right, man. Peace. Peace. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.